Hey everyone, nice for you to show up. Now shut up. So it looks like the crew's all here and we're just about ready to go. We're doing some last minute changes to the plan, but it should be the same. Remember, we got three weeks left to this theme month of heist, hijacking, and high octane car chases is done. So focus and let's pay attention, shall we? Remember, each episode, the rules for the Dodecahedron are going to be a little bit different. And other than that, it's an awesome review. Let's get to it, shall we? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Bring in the accused. Let us read the charges, shall we? This court charges this podcast with containing adult language, mature situations, insidious plots to befuddle a married barrister. Anglophobic Nietzsche-obsessed idiots, sultry femme fatales with unusual names, stuttering canine assassins with a very particular collection of fish, and Monty Python-esque comedy. Listener discretion is advised. Spark in Motion Picture Review, Episode 004. Stick. To, to the, 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 the plan. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Spark in Motion Picture Review. This is your host Zan saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, what's up? Hey, it's Greta. Yes, we're back again for another fun-filled episode of the Spark in Motion Picture Review. Sparkin's podcast where we talk about movies old and new and tell you about how awesome and amazing they are or how terrible they are. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.sparkin.com or email us at sparkin at gmail.com. I'm at zansparkin.com. Uh, Greta, we're working on her email. Should be there soon, right? Sure. But once I pay the money. They raised the price. $29 for one email? That's kind of rough. But I digress. Um, yeah, so uh, like I said, if you, if you want, you can also check us out at different websites like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, on uh, several other social media platforms, just look up Spirekin. And if you disagree with anything we say, we try. Remember, we try to be educational, enlightening, exciting, and most importantly, entertaining. And we're willing to debate with you. Email us. Let us know what you think. If you disagree or agree with us, and this is actually a pretty cool episode because we're talking about a fun movie. Because this is the second installment of our theme month of heists, hijacking, and high octane car chases. Even though this one did not have a high-octane car chase at all. I don't think so, right? No, it had a car chase. Did it? I thought it was just a one, two, three, and then just stopped because... Well, no, there was a car chase at the end, kind of, on a little moped. But, yeah, and that's actually a good point. Now, so, in our last episode, when we talked Maybe about... Maybe we just call it a moped chase. It is a moped chase, yes. So, in the last episode, we talked about the dynamics of a heist movie, which is kind of cool. And this time we're actually talking about something a little bit different. And that's actually the thing which makes a heist movie is the people who are in the heist movie. Because in any heist movie, you need a crew. And every crew has these characters in one way or another. Um, In Ocean's Eleven, there are 11 members, even though you didn't need 11 members. In the movie we talked about last episode, The Town, there was four members. In this film we talk about today, there's also four members. So it just depends. A lot of times they say you just need a maximum of three crew members plus auxiliary. But you could break them down into certain roles. And the the main role that we have is, of course, the mastermind or the architect. These are the people that 
are responsible for coordinating the team efforts and keeping track of time. Um, and planning. Yes. Uh, they're the ones that make sure everything's going on time. They're the ones who study the order that the guards come out, who's in charge, the town, Ben Affleck, that is the architect, the mastermind. Another good example is Danny Ocean in Ocean's Eleven. He was a good architect. He's the mastermind, the one in charge. Even though there sometimes is someone else in charge, like in Reservoir Dogs, uh, the main mob boss, Joe. He's the one who set everything up, even though he didn't do any of the dirty work. He's like, here's the deal. We paid this guy off. You're going to do it like this. And if you don't do it like this, you're going to get killed. Get your ass out. Enough said. The next one you have is the Brute. And this is the guy that specializes in, well, violence. They're the one that's going to smack someone over the head. They're the one that's generally the loose cannon. They're the one you got to worry about. But you need a guy like that to get things done. But on the other end, sometimes the Brutes are the ones who are the most loyal because they're, like, just dumb and strong. True. Um... Again, last episode, we had um, Jeremy Renner's character, Jem. He was the brute. He's the one that will bash things or cause problems. A lot of times, brutes are also weapons experts. In the movie we're talking about today, one of them was a weapons expert. He was someone who thought he was an intellectual, and he obviously wasn't. And he was just someone who was there for physical force and just um, intimidation? Yes. Yeah. Um. The next one is one which is used in a lot of movies, and sometimes they're lone thieves. And we're talking about the safe crackers. These are the ones that, you know, they're the ones that drill through the doors. They crack a computer safe, use stethoscopes in Die Hard. You had the one guy in the computer room. He was doing that for like 10 hours, trying to set it all up, getting all the locks undone. Um, what's another good safe cracker in a movie, they'd say? In Ant-Man? Yes, good one. In Ant-Man, it was, of course, Scott Lang is a safe cracker. And when it didn't work out, he was able to think his way out of it. They're intelligent, smart, and they do get their way around it. If they can't use one way, they'll figure a way to get the door open because they memorize all the safe safes and all of that. Um, all these movies need a good getaway driver. This is the person that makes you run. And the thing is, if they don't work, then this plan doesn't work off because someone's going to catch them. The perfect example of a good getaway driver is Baby from Baby Driver. He was uncatchable because he was an amazing driver. Even though he didn't need a uh, he didn't need a scanner, he just he knew his stuff. The next one is kinda a little bit like the safe cracker, but not really. This is your B and E expert, the cat burglar. This is the one that knows about breaking and entering, sneaking past motion detectors. All that generally wears black suits. Good examples. Catherine Zeta-Jones in that one movie with her and... Um, Sean Connery? Yes. I mean, we could say Catwoman, but she was a terrible cat burglar in that movie. Holly Berry can't do that for anything. But yeah. But she was sexy. Another good example would be Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt is an excellent cat burglar. Oh, totally. Because in the first movie when he steals the knocklace, that's totally a cat burglar scene. Um... The next one is kind of important. That is your smooth operator. In the A-team, the this is Face. In uh, Lupin the Third, a good example of this would be Fujiko. 
or even Lupin. Um, that is the person who they are not the sex object, but they're the ones that they are master of disguises and they can talk their way past things. They're the ones that'll dress up very nebbishly and they'll kind of uh, say, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't mean to bump into you. In the original Ocean's Eleven, this would be, um, uh, who is it? Um, Dean Martin was like that. He's the one that could convince people to do things. They don't. They just think on their feet. They're very intelligent and they're they're fast. Yes, Rusty was a good example of this. Another one in the New Ocean's Eleven. Also, the twins were were kind of smooth operators because mm-hmm. they're able to to think on their feet, even though theirs was more about chaos. They were also so perfect at being annoying. You just gave in. Yeah, because the smooth operators either they're there's they'll hit on you and they'll get you interested, or they're gonna be the ones who piss you off enough where you want them to leave you alone. And the last member of the crew is your tech guy, your maintenance guy. This is the guy that is able to breach anything electronic or will get you the things you need. In the last movie we talked about in the town, um the one guy, he was a technician, he was the one who studied security systems. That was his thing. Scott Lang is also a hacker. He's able to figure things out, even though you didn't really focus on that in the second movie. They kind of get rid of all that altogether. Um, trying to think of other ones. Um, Levingston from Ocean's Eleven. Uh, is there any other hackers in any of the heist movies besides the movie Hackers? Uh, that was um, Dan Aykroyd was that guy. I'm trying to think. There's a bunch. I just I can't think of them. But so, yeah, so this is what makes up... The crew. This is the crew. It's usually it's anywhere from three to five. Eleven was a little much. I mean, you had other characters like the grease man, the person who's able to fit in those tight spaces, who would be a cat burglar type. You could break down any heist movie into these characteristics, even though some overlap. I think. Totally. Right? Yeah. So... With that in mind, let's get to the movie we're talking about today. And this is a movie that was actually directed by Charles Crichton. It was written by him, and it's actually his last movie he worked on. He died shortly after this, but his whole thing was he wanted to work on this with John Cleese. He wanted to work on a project with John Cleese who wrote the screenplay. And they've been saying, we want to work together, we want to work together, we want to work together. And they've been trying and trying and trying, and they ended up making this movie that was directed by Charles Crichton, screenplay by John Cleese. It was written by a story by John Cleese and Crichton. It's actually starring John Cleese, to be oh, surprised. Interesting. Also, Shocker. Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin Klein, Michael Palin from the Monty Python Brothers, or the family, you know, it's the Monty Pythons. Two of them. You didn't get all five, you got two. I would have liked another one, just in case, but uh, their next movie has three. Three of them show up. Uh, and also, it uh, was released by uh, Metro Goldwyn Mayer, or as we know them. MGM. Yes, with their giant lion, whose name is Leo, if you didn't know. Um, this came out in July 15th, 1988 in the United States, and then October 14th, 1988 in the United Kingdom. Since this is over 20 years old, well, it's actually 30 years old. We can totally statute limitations on it. And this was... Uh, Budgeted at $8 million, and it made 62.5. I think it made its money back. Uh, yeah. Yes. And this is a movie called A Fish Called Wanda. And it's a story of a heist that kind of goes wrong, would you say? Or it doesn't go wrong? 
it, the heist goes right, it's the aftermath that happens. Yes, because we don't really we see the basics of the heist. They do the, a quick planning, group gets together, and then the heist happens. Heist goes well, and then because of some inner turmoil, the architect gets arrested. The architect played by Tom Georgeson playing George Thompson. Har har. I know, very funny. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But yeah, so George Thompson, the architect of this thing, it's a jewel heist. They're stealing 18 million pounds in jewels, which is really good. After they make the heist, they end up taking the jewels to a specific drop spot, and they split up, and the deal is that once the heat dies down, they'll meet back, get the jewels, get on a plane, and they'll be free. But they got to wait a couple days for it to cool down. And now the members of the crew are, you have, like we said, George Thompson, who is the mastermind. You have his, like, he's a hench. He's a straight-up hench, but he's a good person named Ken Pyle, played by Michael Palin. And if you know Michael Palin, he's good at playing these kind of jittery, neurotic characters. And Ken isn't a bad person. What would you say about him? Just kind of stutter. He's not a bad person. He's like a... He's... Okay, so they're all in love with Wanda. But Ken is a sweetheart who loves animals and protecting the environment. He has a fish tank. There is a fish who he's named Wanda. Who's a beautiful striped fish. fish. Yes. He has lots of yummy fish. Sorry. Nice fish. (laughs) Nice fish. Giving a little bit away later on. And he's actually very good. He just he's just he loves animals and he, but he's the person that does everything for George if George needs it. If he needs to murder someone, if he needs to clean up something, he knows what he's doing. But he's very nice and very stuttery. Now the two new members of the group are you have Wanda, the eponymous Wanda who everyone's in love with. She is their face. She's super nice, super sweet, but she will backstab she's anybody. She's a little possible. sexy. She's like Fujiko Dark. Like, she's like a shittier version of Fujiko, I'd say. Okay. Where Fujiko is able to flirt with anybody, do things, but she'll screw you over at the end. But Wanda's a little more sleazy, I think. I find her a little more like she doesn't have any honor among thieves. She's going to screw over she's everybody. She's an artist. Yeah. And then last but not least is her quote-unquote brother. Really her lover, but they say it's her brother. And that's Otto. It's part of the con. Yep, played by Kevin Klein. He is their muscle. More importantly than that, he is a crazy person who reads Nietzsche. And thinks he's an intellectual, but he's a blithering idiot. He's that guy that... How would you describe it? He's a man's man, but he's the hothead. He's the... He's going to blow it. Yeah. He doesn't think ahead of his actions, and then afterwards he gets upset if people call him stupid. And also, he's the guy that... But he is stupid. He is stupid. He always says, don't call me stupid! He's also the guy that, like, he'll read, like, super sophisticated magazines, and then bring them into conversation and use them wrong. Yep. Like, he's the guy that will mispronounce words that he thinks are high class. Is that a good example of how he is? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. There's another character I think of when I think of this. It's a character who's eloquent, but he's an idiot. 
um, in Sin City, you had Mr. Uh, Mr. Sc- uh, Mr. Scrunch, Mr. Uh, the, the two thugs who speak super eloquently, but they're like super low brow and they're like, uh, the whole time they're trying to steal a guy's car because they think it's really masculine, but he's like, here, but we'll get in trouble. It's a really simple conversation, but they're using 15 letter words for something that could be for two. But Otto's that guy. And, um, as they leave, everything's going to go well. However, Wanda and Otto call the police and tell them that George is the one that did it. George gets arrested. Okay, they're going to win. They're going to go to the safe and they're going to get the money. And as they're going to open and safe crack the safe, because it turns out that Otto is also their safe cracker. There's no money in it. Yes. Also, fun fact is the minute that he starts opening up the thing, you see Wanda pull out a blackjack. Oh, yeah. She's getting ready to hit him over the head. Wanda is out for herself. Yes. So there's no money at all. No diamonds. The diamonds are gone. So they end up going to the prison and talk, and, you know, Wanda talks to George and says, Oh, I didn't know what happened. I saw the police there. I was so worried. I was showing up a little late because I was getting my something done. You know, made up an excuse. And he believes her completely. He doesn't, but he doesn't trust Otto at all. He thinks Otto sold him out. He's like, no, there's no way my brother would have done it. And so it turns out that he moved the diamonds. No one, the one person who knows where they are is... George. However, because George doesn't entirely trust Wanda, he gave a key which opens up something to Ken. A safety deposit box. Which Ken hides in as treasure. He says, here Wanda, here's some treasure. In his fish tank. Wanda sees this, takes the key, which doesn't know what the key is for. So what are they going to do? Otto and her have to find the key what it opens up and what are they going to do? They can't talk to George. George won't tell them where it is unless he gets off. Of, off. So who can they talk to? The barrister. That's right. The barrister. The person who was supposed to get her him off. And that is John Cleese's Archie Leach. A guy who's a... Uh, He's an older guy. Who is not in the prime of life, who's married to a sophisticated, expensive, wealthy woman who's not nice, and he's got a uppity, snippity daughter, and they both treat him very poorly. And he's very good at his job. He's a barrister, he's been doing it for years, he's very good at it. And he's a nice guy. And the thing is that he... He's kind of getting not bored with life, but things aren't going his way. He's being treated horribly by his wife. And the thing is that his wife has the money, not him. So when anything happens, he's kind of SOL. So he's kind of uh, just a kind of sappy old guy. And suddenly this really attractive American girl who says she's a law student wants to talk to him. And is flirting with him. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. So he ends up uh, maybe compromising a few things. And it becomes a question of who's going to get the diamonds, where are the diamonds, what's going to happen, and will they get away with it? And it gets goes to insanely crazy lengths. <laughs> because each of the characters have their own funny moments. Because, um, George, like, uh, what's the funny moments? Like, 
uh, Otto is constantly trying to, well, threaten uh, Archie, but then he also wants to be nice to Archie because Archie's the person that's going to tell them, so it's very juxtaposed. Like, there's an entire point of him trying to apologize to Archie, and it ends up with him holding him at gunpoint. Yep. Where he says, I'm just trying to apologize. He's like, okay, 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 don't kill me. And then you have that going on. You have Wanda just trying to sex it up with Jamie Lee Curtis being all sexy and and cute. And then you have Ken's story. (laughs) Ken has a simple job. Super simple. He's, he, like, is the errands guy. He runs, he, like, get, gathers the things that people need, and he's the guy in the background that no one pays attention to that gets it done. And George finds out that one, there's one witness, a lady that saw them who ID'd him because they almost ran over her dogs, her three yappy evil dogs. So the deal is because she's old and has a heart condition, George wants Ken to kill her. And actually, Ken makes a bet with Otto for one pound if he can kill her. Because Otto doesn't think that Ken could do it because Ken's too nice. So he is going to kill this old lady somehow, someway. And he fails. So hard. He ends up killing her dogs in his hilarious and screwed up fashion. The first one is taken away by a giant rabid... um, Doberman Pincher. The second one is run over. I think the third one is the best one because he has a sniper gun. He could just shoot her, but he's going to just take her out by dropping a, a pillar on her. And he ends up missing her and smushing the dog. But, because he smushed the dog, she has a heart attack and dies. It takes the entire movie. <laughs> and it's just funny seeing how Michael Palin just gets more and more beat up as it goes on. He starts off, he has a something covering his eye, and then he's bleeding, and then he's got a broken arm, and then he's all jittery, and he's, like, all screwed up. And then uh, the other thing is, like I said, Archie's dealing with the fact that he's getting into an affair with a lady who's he's interested in, but she wants more than that. And he's also trying to defend his client, who may or may not be innocent, and a lot of other stuff happens. It is a crazy and funny movie. Very much so. Yeah, there's a lot of laugh out loud moments. Allegedly, this movie killed a guy in theaters. He died laughing (laughs) because it was so funny. I'm just trying to figure out what scene it was. I think it had to have been the scene with the fish. Ew, I don't like that scene. Uh, Also, a lot of other actors are in here, including Stephen Fry in a bit role. (laughs) Getting mugged and beaten up by Otto. It's a weird, funny film, which is a lot of British humor, but a lot of humor in general. It's just, it's a weird heist movie that is about the after effects of the heist. It's shot really well. It is very 80s, so it's not too crazy. Um, How would you say about the language? It's not that bad. Not too vulgar? It's a little vulgar, but not bad. They do make some weird references, especially uh, Otto. Also, the whole thing with Wanda getting off on accents. Oh, yeah. There's yes. a lot of, like, sex, near sex. Yes. 
There's a lot of near sex. There's a lot of scenes of just John Cleese being crazy and doing physical comedy. Uh, there's also some points which are interesting and poignant. Like one of the big f- four points is that Jamie Lee Curtis has a necklace which has the key in it. And she ends up leaving it or it falls off and John Cleese's wife finds it. And the thing is, it's a really, it's a, just a necklace with a W on it. And John Cleese is trying to get it back and his wife won't give it back. And it's like a crappy necklace, but to her, it's... Sentimental. And she's like, I love it. This is my necklace. I don't want another. This is mine. It's not because it's rich. It's not because it's this. It's because it's... It's a heartfelt gift. And that's uh, actually a really poignant moment in it because it's like you realize that, you know... That she still loves him. Yeah. Even though that all goes to hell by the end. And also, I... But, I mean, like, he falls in love with Wanda. Yeah, that was kind of sad. I will say, though, my favorite scene in the movie, though. uh, Out of all the scenes, favorite scene is definitely the revenge scene. When Ken finally gets his revenge upon Otto. (laughs) Revenge! Uh, Did you have a favorite scene in the movie? My favorite scene would have to be the... um, I can't think. Pause it. It's okay. I can just edit it out. Did it involve Wanda? Did it involve Otto? I would have to say my favorite scene is right after the heist when they get into the car, zoom off, ditch the car for another car, go somewhere else, split up. Like that whole like little... Oh, the escape scene? Like it's so perfect. No, because they stop and they almost hit the old lady. Yeah, but it's like... Yeah, it is. It is kind of a very synchronized moment. And if they hadn't stopped the old lady, they would not have been caught. That is a good point. Um, No, and for MVP for me, well, I gotta go with the one who won an Academy Award for it. I gotta go with him. I think because this there were lots of nominations in this movie for. There were lots of nominations in this. There was Best Director. There was Best Screenplay. And the person who won Best Supporting Actor, and the person I think who was the MVP for the movie, is Kevin Klein Because he plays such a psychotic and just... You, you don't forget Otto. He's so weird. Like, at one point, he's flirting with Ken, pretending he's gay. He's a macho man's man. He's a... It's hard to believe it's the same guy who plays... Oh... The coming out movie. Oh, In and Out. Yeah. The, the professor from In and Out. Mm, who would you say is the your your MVP for the movie? Wanda. Really, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, I mean she plays such a good scoundrel. I mean, think about some of her other roles, like. Um, one that she did with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, uh, True Lies. Yeah, think about her and like some of her, like True Lies and some of the other, like she's like sweet and like 
clumsy. In this one, she's like sexed up in a con artist. I agree. I think he was that she was a, she was great at it. I could see where you're going with that. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. No. Definitely. I will say the best name in the movie is Archie Lee because of the connotations for it. For those of you who don't know, Archie Lee is the real name of a certain Golden Age actor. Cary Grant. Oh. Yes, Cary Grant's real name and was Archibald Alec Leach. And the reason why it was named that was because that uh, John Cleese said that this is as near as he's ever going to get to being Cary Grant. Because this would have been like a Cary Grant role. Mm-hmm. Even though I totally don't see it being... But, this is 1987. I will say it's an excellently weird movie that's fun, different, and it does hold up. It does hold up, even though I don't like the whole Archie cheating on his wife thing. I don't like that. I do like the movie in general. I think it's a well-done film. I think it's got all the comic pacing for it. It's shot really well, and also because... You know, this is uh, a film that was made... It's almost a passion project, I'd say. And it's a brainy comedy, too. It's not a stupid comedy. It's a it's a thought... It's a thinking comedy, right? Yes. Definitely. Um, I think that's it, right? I think that's all we could say about this movie. Yeah, we talked about the heist... There, uh, oh, the chase sequence, which isn't a chase sequence. It's just that Archie's car gets kidnapped, and then they have to chase after him in on Ken's little moped. Doesn't really count, I don't think, but it's a uh, close, close as you can get. Agreed. Very yes, agreed. Definitely. So yeah, so out of our five point rating system, I'm gonna give this a really, really, really fucking cool. It's a really good movie. I think it holds up well, and it's a, it's a film which is a little heartwarming, a little sickening, and just a little what the fuck. It's, it's a nice little mix of everything. It holds up well. While, yes, it does have some profanity in it, I think that you could show this to younger generation and they'll get a kick out of it, I think. Totally. Especially since Jamie Lee Curtis, like... In the scary Mike Myers. Halloween. She, like, plays kind of a badass in the Halloween movie. Mm-mm. First Halloween movie, she was screaming and scared. Yeah, but the, the latest one. Oh, yeah, where she's old crazy lady with a shotgun. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to see her in something completely different. Yeah, this is the old, olden days of her. I don't know what else she's done. What other movies Jamie Lee Curtis has done? Just curious, like what what other movies before that had she done that was uh uh horror movie, 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 horror movie. Uh she was in Trading Places playing a hooker. Yeah. Uh she was in the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai playing Sandra Banzai in the extended cut. Uh she was in Amazing Chuck, never heard of that one. She was in Perfect uh with John Travolta. That apparently was about health clubs. A Man in Love, which is a French movie. And then she was in Dominic and Eugene, which is a movie about 
uh, twins. One has a intellectual disability and stuff. And then this one. And then right after this, she did Blue Steel, which she plays a cop. And then My Girl. Who is she in My Girl? I forgot. She plays the girlfriend of the guy whose wife died. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, yeah. So, she does a lot of stuff. And But we digress. So, definitely check out A Fish Called Wanda. It's currently available on... Amazon Prime? Or is it Hulu? It's available. Yes. On Amazon Prime or Hulu or Vudu, you could find it. And it holds up really well. I think it looks really good. And um, it doesn't need any any updated stuff, I think. Right? Right. Definitely. So, with that in mind... Remember, you can check out any of our early episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email us at spirekin at gmail.com. The random question of the episode is going to probably be... Hmm. Let's see. Now will be a good one. Oh. Do you think that Ken should get his pound? Yes. I think he should, but if you think he should be... He should. Let us know why. Because he technically didn't kill her, but he did kill her. He killed her by scaring her to death. But he made it look like an accident. That is true. He got away with murder. Maybe, maybe he did. You're going to have to... Well, you let us know what you think. And so with that in mind, let's get to the part we've all been waiting for. And we're talking about that one, that only... The dodecahedron of movies... Yes, friends, the dodecahedron of movies. Now, what is the dodecahedron of movies? The dodecahedron of movies is a 12-sided object with 12 spots on it. What we're going to do is we're going to roll it, and whatever number it lands on, that's what we're reviewing next episode. And i got to admit, we've got some fun and interesting movies because this is the second... It'll be the third episode in our theme month of of holdups, heists, and... Oh, sorry. It is of... Shit, what is it? Um... Blarg. It is the third episode in our month of heists, hijackings, and high-octane car chases. And there's a lot of good movies in here, and I'm kind of excited for some of them and confused by other ones. So roll and see what we're going to review in the next episode. Three! I don't even know if we can get a hold of this one. What is it? Rafifi. Oh, we've been looking for it too. Shit. All right, I'll edit this out and... Roll again. You get to roll again. Patty likes this better than the wheel. Ready? Go for it. Two! Hmm. So, in the next episode, we're going to be reviewing a movie about a guy who does the time for a crime he didn't commit, then decides to do the crime. What are we talking about? We're talking about Henry's Crime. Starring that one, that only, Keanu Reeves. Woohoo! Yeah, Keanu Reeves in a high school movie. Isn't that weird? Yeah. There's never going to happen. Yes. So, I guess that's it for this episode, and with that in mind... 
What's the one in the middle again? <laughs> har har. Favorite quote. Yeah, great. No problem. What was the middle thing? So that's Greta's favorite quote and my favorite quote from 1988. A fish called Wanda is going to be... All right, all right, I apologize. You're really sorry. I'm really, really sorry. I apologize unreservedly. You take it back. I do. I offer a complete and utter retraction. The imputation was totally without basis in fact and was in no way fair comment and was motivated purely by malice. And I deeply regret any distress that my comments may have caused you or your family. And I hereby undertake not to repeat any such slander at any time in the future. Uh, so I guess that's it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, with that in mind, we're Gonsville. Catch you guys next time. Watch more movies and uh, check out our YouTube for some really cool videos. See you later. Bye, guys. Some charter sauce. Ken Walk is a man of few words. Tell him from me. George is the man with the plan. Thirteen millions, my friends. And Wanda. Do you speak Italian? Molto pericoloso. Is the woman they love. They all set out to commit the perfect crime. To twenty million. To a job well done. But it turned into something. George moved the loot. 
less than perfect. Disappointed! So they turned to a lawyer named... Archie Leash! Leash. George is going to tell him what the diamonds are. With Wanda as the bait. I want you to make love with me. Pop. Nothing, nothing. He's really hooked. I thought you weren't jealous. I'm not. I don't believe in jealousy. It's for the weak. Come a girl as bright as you could have a brother who's so... Don't call me stupid. I'm really, really sorry. I apologize unreservedly. Are you totally deranged? You're afraid so, old chap. John Cleese. Will you leave immediately, please? Jamie Lee Curtis. Kiss me there. Kevin Clyde. Put the other one up. Michael Palin. May I kiss you, Ken? No, you can't! A fish called Wonder. <laughs> A smashing. Oh, dear. Comedy. You, English. You think you're so superior, don't you? Well, you're the filth of the planet. A bunch of pompous, badly dressed, poverty-stricken, sexually repressed football hooligans. Goodbye, Archie. Well, at least we're not irretrievably vulgar. You know your problem? You don't like winners. Winners? Yeah. Winners. Winners like North Vietnam? Shut up! We did not lose Vietnam. It was a tie. Boy, they whooped your hide real good. No, they didn't. Oh, yes, they did. Oh, no, they didn't. Oh, yes, they did. Oh, no, they didn't. Shut up! Goodbye, Archie. You gonna shoot me? Uh, yes. Yes, friend, so, old chap. Sorry. Look at him! Look! Okay, okay, okay. 60 40. 